on the line You got to leave it all, leave it all, leave it all on the line Hey Seacasters, I'm your host, Chrissy Swadling, and welcome to Yo Balance Co. We'll be talking about everything to do with health, fitness, well-being, and the power of your thoughts and the mind. So listen up, tune in, and let's go together. In this episode, I interview nutritionist, author, and yoga teacher, Lola Berry. We basically talk everything health, and even bust some health trend myths going around in the social media world. Lola, hello. Welcome to Yo Balance Co. How are we? Oh my God, I'm just so glad that I'm finally here. We've been talking about this for yonks now. I know, I know. Literally, the moment that I met you at an event you were holding, I was like, this girl has to come on my podcast. You were literally bursting full of energy. I was like, I like her. Yeah, and I was checking you out because we were doing a little workout session. I was like, hot damn, she's so fit. Oh, stop <laughs> it. You are hilarious. Anyway, you're, you're killing it lately. I've been looking at your socials. You have currently released so many things and you're an author of two books. Is that correct? Ten. I've written ten books. I, I you're kidding. My no, first... you're lying. Oh, nah, I've been in this game for friggin' ever. Like, um, I bought my first book out when I was 22 and I'm 34 now. So, you go, girl. I actually have the reason why I said two is because they're the two that I have. <laughs> so, I have the, the body <laughs> one and I think it's the yep. 2020 diet. Yep, got it, got it, got it. I'll send you another. I'll send oh. you another one. Give, make it a third. Mate, <laughs> loving this. So- <laughs> So basically, today's episode is going to be like kind of like myth busting certain trends that have happened within the social media community. You know, we all mm-hmm. see it. We see um, influencers, we see YouTubers, and just even a dietitians really posting diet trends, posting fads, posting things about what to do and what not to do. And I kind of want to jump on here today with you to discuss a bit of that. Totally. You sent me the questions and I was like, I just scanned them and then I was like, no, this has to be natural. So I forced myself to jump out of the email. So I, I should be nice and fresh for you. Well, that's my plan anyway. <laughs> good, good. So here I have that you're a qualified nutritionist. Yep. Author, right. yoga teacher, and you are the creator of Lola Coffee. So that's your own little coffee brand, hey? Yep, spot on. It's a nootropic coffee. So it's got the like medicinal mushrooms in it for brain kind of like focus. What? So wait, tell me a little bit about that. What the hell? So we get specialty grade coffee, like delicious coffee from Melbourne and we get it roasted in Melbourne. Then we get it um, freeze dried in Brizzy. And then from that, we then um, add wild harvested um, lion's mane, which is one of the nootropic mushrooms. So people go, fuck, did you really cut off a lion's mane? I'm like, no, 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 it's a mushroom. It's a medicinal, medicinal mushroom that has these nootropic qualities. So great for like, like mental focus. Um, you kind of the first time you have it, you feel it. You're like, I tell people it's like, if you've seen the movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper, it's a oh my God, like don't. a more chill Same version movie. of that. A more chill version. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, a more like daily version that you can have with minimal side effects. That's amazing. I'm going yeah, to get no some of that free book. just shove it in there in the package just you don't have to tell anyone done no no i'll send you some don't you worry (laughs) oh you you should come on my podcast more often (laughs) in exchange for free goodies you get a car you get a car car. (laughs) i love this so first question is 
What's the most common mistake people make when trying to eat healthier? Yeah, I love this because I fall into this as well. And I think it is when you're like eating really clean or you've kind of like gone on a little bit of a cleanse or a detox, the reality is other stuff will sneak in. And I think that when you there, when you allow guilt to creep in, when you have something that's technically like not off plan, not on plan and a little bit of a treat in some way, which is why I love following your page actually, because you'll like have a little vino or like have these, you're more, much more about balance and exactly. a bit more of that kind of like 80, 20 kind of vibe with you. And I quite like that because the mistake that people make is they're like, as of tomorrow, I'm going to live clean for the rest of my life or until I'm a size, whatever. And I think that um, the issue is like, as soon as I tell you, you can never have a brownie ever again, you just want to eat a brownie or 100%. five of them. Yeah. So yeah. for me, I think it's the guilt attached to the food that's the real problem. I'm really passionate about mental health. And so I think that, and I refer so many of my nutrition clients on to therapists and counsellors and psychologists because there is such a mental and mindset element to health and to dieting. Yeah. Even for myself, like, um, I actually went through a stage where I went, I went through binge eating actually. Um, this is something that I haven't really spoken about on any of my channels, but I did go through, um, binge eating and it was caused because I restricted myself from certain food groups. And then when I would allow myself to actually have them food groups, I would just go to the extreme because if you mm. say, yeah, if you're telling your mind, no, that's all it's going to want. If you say you can't have it, that's, that's all it's going to be thinking about. And when yeah. you are exposed to it, you will overdo it. So yeah, definitely detaching that, that guilt to the food is probably the main problem. I love that, that you've addressed that. Oh, yeah, man. It all comes back to mental health. All of it. I can tell you I've been practicing as a nutritionist for whole five when I was 22 and I'm 34 now, so for 12 years. Uh, and it, it is always, all health generally will stem back to either something psychosomatic, so like mm. if you're going through a rough time mentally or emotionally, it gen generally will manif manifest in the body. And then often the the mental stuff and the kind of like there's a lot of like self-love stuff that comes up or a lack of self-love that comes up when there's restricted eating and self-worth uh, stuff. So very hundred percent. Yeah. It all does come down to like you yourself, like people need to look at like the bigger picture. If you find that you do have a kind of like an unhealthy relationship with food or exercise or your body, you do need to kind of sit back and reflect and ask yourself how you're thinking about you. Do you feel as though that this is kind of like a sense of control that you're needing or, you know, you could even be um, choosing food as a form of comfort. So it really does come back down to the mind. So I do love that we have addressed that early. Mm. So hundred percent. Have you ever dieted or do you diet? Yeah, so I've got a big history of eating disorders, binge eating. I used to be, I've seen you shared a lot of your journey as well. And I've seen like there's so many images I've got of myself like that as well, where I was like, you know, 45 kilos, you know, 45, 47 kilos. And like, oh my God, like that's not a healthy weight for me, even like close to a healthy weight mm. for me now, you know. And So how long did you I'm struggle like, with an eating disorder, may I ask? Um, so when it was anorexia, probably went on for about a, uh, just shy of a year. I yes. caught it pretty fast. My mum's a nurse and she was really like, 
um, your heart's giving out like you need yeah. to. And I was having kid- kidney issues. So it went to the organs pretty fast because the mortality rate of anorexia is super real and super, super high. Um, and I started to have the like organ failure stuff happen. And that, that was enough of a wake up call for me to be like, holy shit. Uh, sorry, I swore, by the way. I don't know. What oh, so fine. No, we're all bloody real on this channel. Over 18, it's fine. <laughs> Great. Um, and then, but then as part of coming out of an eating disorder, binge eating is often how you come out of it because exactly like what you said, you've restricted something for so long that when you have it, it feels so wrong, like, but so right. And then it's yeah. just this, there's so much guilt, then there's self-loathing and it's this very very big um kind of like merry-go-round that you're just like you feel like a hamster on a wheel and it what they say the recovery of like a really bad anorexia or even bulimia is like a nine to 13 year recovery which is pretty, pretty fucking crazy um so for me the game changer was two years ago i went to see a therapist for heartbreak and we addressed like self-worth and mm. I don't know about you, but like when I was going through heartbreak, I'd often either really strictly diet because I'd be like, oh, I'm not skinny enough or I'd go the other way and just be like, woe is me. I'll just Eat keep eating emotions. my feelings. Yeah. 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 It's usually always, well, 100% always something underlying and unconscious. There's a reason why, you know, we have created that them uh, that behavior, them habits, and it usually is from your unconscious thinking or your past self or some past pain or, you know, like you said, breakups. It's because it's just how you deal with it. So it's super important to kind of like become aware of that. That's kind of like the first step of recovering or creating a better relationship with food or any addiction really when it comes to um, even alcohol, you know, like what we're talking about before. If you're, if you say no alcohol whatsoever and you try to have that all or nothing attitude towards it all you're going to want is alcohol same with food same with a lot of things and that's why it is so important like you said to kind of learn do you have that attachment and that emotion to that thing and learn Mm. what that is so yeah 100 percent shedding awareness on that is so so important so did you go through like certain diets like either like the plant-based diet or intermittent fasting or anything like that yeah, I mean, I've been like a constant, dieter. I wouldn't say always dieter, but I've always kind of like explored different eating patterns and eating habits. I've been vegan before, I uh, did three years vegan. I went then super paleo, so the, yeah. literally the opposite ends of the spectrum. Literally, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do enjoy intermittent fasting. I do it at the, like I do it in my life now. Yeah. I don't do it all the time. I do yeah. it probably one or two days a week and yeah. do it on days when... Like I don't do it when a workload is really heavy. Like it's, it's an interesting, I pick very, I'm very specific about when I do it. I do it when I know I'm going easy on myself that day or, yeah. you know, my movement load isn't that big that day. I know that I'm like, oh, you know, you can probably intermittent fast day because you don't have a massive workload. But at the moment I'm studying and I'm at night school and I've noticed that the intermittent fasting just doesn't lend itself to doing it all the time while you've got to be literally alert and awake till 11 p.m. at night. Yeah, no, 100%. And that's something that a lot of people do kind of struggle with. They don't um, inc- they don't test it out. So they'll just think, okay, intermittent fasting has to be for me because everyone else on social media is doing it. So they'll just force it upon their life. But I find, especially with intermittent fasting, it's definitely a lifestyle thing. And if it's not working for your lifestyle, I wouldn't recommend trying it. And it can cause more stress, if anything, and then push you further away from your goal. 
I, I know a lot of people where intermittent fasting does work for them. For me, I've actually tried it. It doesn't work for me and my lifestyle. And I just love breakfast, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so, I get that. Yeah, I get that. yeah. But, like, again, like, I've heard a lot of benefits to do with, like, your mental clarity in the morning. And if you're someone who, like, because I work out in the morning, so I find I, like, I need my energy in the morning to then go work out. But some people are the complete opposite. So it's really just about finding what is going to work for you. What are your um, thoughts on a plant-based diet? You did it for yeah, three I mean, I, Yeah, I did it for three. I did vegan for three years. I think, um, you know what? The interesting thing is what works for me isn't going to work for you. Isn't going to work for half your listeners are going to do well with my way of eating. Half your listeners are going to do well with your way of eating. And then they're going to need to tweak it again. And so I think... The only thing I, I think you can have a really, really healthy, nourishing plant-based diet, but I think that you need to be kind of like skilled up to understand how to protein combine properly because obviously it is void of like the essential amino acids that you will get from eggs, dairy, and meat. So what you need to do is like understand how to protein combine and that's where you put like a legume with some form of a grain or a type of vegetable with a type of grain or legume. And the theory is that when you've got, say, for example, you do a Mexican meal and you've got some rice with it, but then you've got some black beans, that's giving you complete protein because you've got the grain, a certain set of amino acids from the grain, and then a certain set of amino acids from the legume. And together, you're going to get the, the full broad spectrum of essential amino acids that the body does not make within itself. So... I just think that if you're going to have a plant-based diet, you need to be kind of like skilled up. You need to be a bit yeah. of a de detective. <laughs> you need to understand your food. That's the only issue I have. Like I wasn't the healthiest vegan. I was obsessed with medjool dates and like sweet things. I was eating a very high carbohydrate diet. I think like you need to still be aware that like protein is king for the body. The body loves it. It's literally the building block of life of your yeah. body. So for me, no problem with it. Go for gold. I mean, it's going to be so high in fiber so high in nutrients but you just don't want to be void of you know b12 or exactly yeah various uh, is amino essential aminos um are they harder to consume on a plant-based diet yeah so you don't yeah. get you get them from meat and dairy and eggs yeah you get them from uh, proteins and you were saying that um protein is kind of like the building block when it comes to a good nutritionist diet why is that so there's a few things about protein first of all yes you do need it to literally create cells in the body like it's like the king right but think about like your neurochemistry because i'm obsessed with brains so think about your neurochemistry like the precursors to any kind of like neurotransmitter so you would have heard of serotonin before dopamine yeah. all yeah. these things gone in the brain right literally the precursor to serotonin like the happy feel good is basically it's got this massive kind of like I'm, I'm drawing it with my hands, even though this is a listening audio, audio podcast. <laughs> story of my life. Start with faces. <laughs> so are we doing like Insta stories at the same time? But it starts with yeah. tryptophan. So tryptophan is an amino acid that is found in high amounts in turkey, white cheeses, and bananas. Go figure that combination. I don't know why. But um, so tryptophan. Right, delish. Um, <laughs> yeah, tryptophan converts to 5-HTP, 5-hydroxytryptophan. And then with the right cofactors, that then converts to serotonin. And then with the right, again, cofactors, the right amount of serotonin, that'll convert to melatonin, which is in charge of circadian rhythm and sleep. 
So the building block of that entire feedback loop is one amino acid called tryptophan. So amino acids are the king, man. Like carbohydrates, yes, they give you straight, like straight up energy and it's great for like, you know, having your oats in the morning pre-training because you're, you're getting that quick fuel, you're getting that quick carb, but protein is like the driver. And, and I'm not saying you can have all protein because your kidneys are going to fail, yeah? Like yeah. you can't live off, I saw Joe Rogan is living, someone said he's doing a 40-day fast on meat alone and I was like, that's gross. Yeah, so, no. yeah, it's, it's about finding that balance of um, what works for you. But I think as a vegetarian or a vegan, you need to be always thinking, where's my protein here? Yeah, exactly. I, exactly. That's what I'd be doing. So if it is something that people are doing for ethical reasons, it's just about really being smart about it. Like it's not saying that it can't be done because it can be done, but it's also just being wary to not force it if you don't feel like it is going to work for you. Like for me, for example, I did it for four and a half years and it just got to a point where it was so detrimental on my gut. And my gut just didn't like a vegan diet. It could have been because, you know, I wasn't getting them um, – essential aminos or I wasn't getting enough protein or I was just basically eating too much fiber. And for me, I, it was just too stressful to focus on all of that. And it was just a lot easier to just be able to heal my gut, incorporate meat, eggs and dairy and my gut and overall mental clarity and mental health is loving me for that. So it's just really about, like you said, being wary and asking yourself, is it, uh, is this going to be good for you? And just not being afraid to experiment. Totally. To- and I mean, one great thing about like, I'm still very pro the paleo diet. It's probably the, the closest to the way that I live nowadays. But like, remember the paleo diet goes back to the Paleolithic times where literally cavemen would. So it's basically no grain, no dairy, no sugar. That's pretty much the premise of it. It's like heap, heaps of veggies, fruits, fine and, and in moderation. And meat, right? But the cavemen, they couldn't catch a deer every day. There were days where they would be vegetarian, absolutely. Maybe weeks. Yeah, yeah. So I think we get caught up in this like, well, I need to have my, and I, I know I've just told, said, you know, have protein. But in this, on the same note, it doesn't need to be like, you know, I remember when I was first getting into paleo and I was eating steaks for breakfast. Like you don't need to go hardcore, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's just all about kind of like making habits for like a long lasting sustainable diet and lifestyle rather than making the habits to, you know, constantly be yo-yo eating and dieting and trying all these new things. Just making the habits to find something that you can do for the rest of your life. Yeah. And like you said, you need something that's sustainable as well. Like, you know, I mean, veganism can be totally sustainable and you can make it work and mm. whatnot. But like you, it needs to be easy for you and it needs to be like you were saying, like lifetime, like long-term, like you're here for the long-term game. Exactly, exactly. So like you said, you kind of do more of like a paleo-based diet. Do you have any advice for someone on here who is wanting to kind of like lose some weight and keep it off? Uh, I mean, you're going to think I'm crazy saying this but my biggest advice would be to see a therapist i think that there is so much of a mental game with weight loss especially when it comes to like women especially when you hit over 30 like weight i know within my own body like it's so much harder in my 20s i just clean up the crap out of my diet for a week or two 
you know, the sugars, the refined carbs, all the stuff that we know causes inflammation in the body. And I dropped that five kilos of fluid that I was holding in inflammatory kind of, you know, fluid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he, over 30 now, like it doesn't happen like that. I can be literally look at a carbohydrate, like a refined one. Like let's just say something which is thrown up. Yeah. 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 And, it, and, my, and my body will react to it straight away. Whereas, you know, I, and I, so that's why I think there is a mental game because if you are over 30, which is my age, you ha- you actually have to be in it for the long game. Like you actually have to be like, no, 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 I'm not going to look at the scales. I'm not going to care about anybody else. I'm here for my journey because I love who I am, but I want to be a better version of myself. And I'm doing this because I want to feel my best. And then I think it happens quite rapidly, but that's a mental picture. That's But you need the mental picture clear in order to have the willpower to get you through the six weeks or 12 weeks or have along your changing your lifestyle for in order to get the results that you're after it is such a mental game i'm telling you 100 percent. i love that answer it's so interesting that you did say that because one of my best mates he's actually he um is a life coach a life coach now matt karma but he used to be more of like a um fitness coach where he would help people lose weight and the program that they would go on, it was all about the mind and reprogramming your habits and your unconscious thinking. And some people would actually enter this program and be like, what the hell? I'm here to lose weight, not, mm-hmm. not for a counsellor. But and nearly everyone that would go into his program would get long-lasting results. And it's because oh. they weren't just focusing on quick fixes. They were changing their everyday thinking patterns and habits, which then result to making better choices just naturally. Totally. I remember when I lived in Sydney, I trained with a trainer in Bondi and he was incredible and we got on so, so well. And I got the my best like fitness goal results that I've ever had. Um, I never weighed myself, so I never knew what I weighed, but I knew that I was fit and lean healthy, and limber. Healthy, yeah. Yeah, I felt great. I could take over the world and <laughs> take on the world. And, and I said to him, oh, mate, I just need you on my corner. But I, I said to him, I go, why? You're my magic key. And he goes, no. He goes, this is actually all you. He said, the thing that I do with you more than most people is he said, I train your brain. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, I train your mind. I also hold you accountable. And so you, so I, I would see him twice a week and I'd be like, oh, I want to have done all the good things in between our sessions to get the most out of the sessions. Like I was so mentally and emotionally invested. And to this day, he lives in Los Angeles now. He's like a, an amazing um, PT. Uh, and to this day, I, I, I've been to so many PTs since and nothing comes close to Dan because he trained my brain, not my body. Should we give Dan a shout out? Come on, Dan, get him a shout out. Yeah, Dan Adair. He's an amazing (laughs) PT. um, He was in Sydney for years and now he's in um, Los Angeles. 100% it's the way to go because at the end of the day, your brain and your thoughts are like the fundamental of your entire life. So exercise and healthy eating and, you know, doing all that, that whole lifestyle is a part of your life. So if the brain is the fundamental of your life, it just ties in with exercise and healthy eating. Like, we do. We, we tend to complicate it and make it out to be a lot more difficult than what it is, especially through social media. You see all these people doing these extreme diets and or like juice cleansers and, you know, sugar cuts. But at the end of the day, it's really about your whole entire lifestyle and creating the habits now. So what is the biggest flop advice you've ever seen someone give through social media? 
Oh, that's a goodie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't get, you're going to think I'm a numpty for saying this. I don't get too caught up in the health world on social media because I get compared too much. Like there are other health writers that we all look similar. And I just think, oh, I don't get too caught up in it. Um, I've seen um, people that aren't qualified. So I've got a bachelor degree in nutritional medicine. So I've seen a lot of people that aren't qualified giving heaps and heaps of advice. And that's okay because often people are sharing from personal experience and that's powerful. You know, like I even know, like I follow your, you've got this like raw carrot cake recipe. You know, there's like, yeah, it's like a carrot cake. Yes. So good. And I love it because you love it as well. Like, so for me, I, I don't have a problem with anyone sharing their personal experience. Um, It's kind of like, you just got to make sure like disclaimer, this is what works for me. And that's something that I constantly will say through my socials, my YouTube channel. I'm like, Hey, like I'm sharing my workouts and my, um, what I eat in a day, but this is what works for me. I'm not saying this is what is. And it's something that I find a lot of people through social media don't do. They're kind of like, hi, I'm vegan. And you have to be vegan because it's the right diet and this and this and this, or I'm paleo and it's the best diet. Like I just find that's when there's kind of like a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. Big time, big time. And I think, I think like you said, if you're just sharing your journey, nothing wrong with that. But if there is like a, like they're trying to sell a diet plan or there's an undertone to something else, well then I would just like slowly back away. The only thing that gets me is like the social media um, images of like really like uber, uber famous girls. And like, I'll be like, Oh wow she's gorgeous. And someone will say, no, no, she's literally had ribs removed to give her that shape. And I'm like, what? Yeah. So that kind of, that kind of, like that kind of um, extreme beauty, like I've got no problem with like you do you, like a hundred percent. But when like an advocate for health is talking about like r- removing ribs is like changing your internal, like that's different. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just, it's not real. <laughs> It's a new level, right? Yeah, like that's yeah. like I'm trying to look like an alien, not, a, you know, whereas I think I love girls that are on there and like I love the way you share everything so openly and I love that. I think that's really cool. But when you're, you're getting something like ribs taken away and then promoting health, I'm like that's, to me, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of, you do see it quite often like I've seen, you know, the Kardashians promote certain weight shakes and say that this is all they have but in like in real life, you know, they're training really hard. They're, they're doing all these other things and then they're just promoting that one product. So all these people think, Oh, if I buy this one product, I can just apply that in my life and I'm going to achieve my goals. But really you're not seeing everything else that they do in a day. So totally, these guys have got chefs, trainers, everything like and daily. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, and it's also just about not believing everything you see because you know, as influencers, there is so many products and companies out there and it's about, you know, not ha- you don't have to trust everyone just because someone is saying it works for them and you should buy this, whether it is like a weight loss shake or it's a certain new supplement or a greens powder, like you don't have to buy it just because it's working for that certain person. Yes, I'm all about trial and error, but even when it comes down to supplements, like they only matter like the slightest, slightest bit. Yeah, you're totally right. And I think it comes down to like empowering yourself and being like, yeah, I'll try this thing. But if it works for me, great. If it doesn't, it's not for me. Like there's be your own boss, like be your own hero, be your own cheerleader. 
Exactly, exactly. And be confident in the decisions that you're making with your health, with your fitness. Like I find a lot of people, they do doubt their self. Um, I even get a lot of messages from people being like, what time do you wake up? What do you eat in a day? What do you have for snacks? Um, what time do you go to bed? And I, I understand that to a, like a, a slight bit because there's sometimes, you know, I will go and watch what people eat in a day to get kind of like ideas and recipes. But then there's those who are doubt their decisions and their choices mm. so much that they need to replicate other people's life and diet. And that's when that's a no go because at the end of the day, it's not going to work for you because that's someone else's life, not yours. So you just need to take tips and information from, you know, bloggers and influencers or people that you see online, but don't take it like their advice is religion. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I think you're right. Like there's a difference between being inspired by someone like the way I use the example of your raw carrot cake, like your healthy carrot cake versus okay, I need to live exactly the same as this person. Like sometimes people write to me, how many yoga classes do you do in a week and how many runs do you do in a week and do you do strength? And I'm just like, well, it changes. It literally changes all the time. Um, and I get the flip side too. Um, I noticed you haven't put any body length photos up of late. Are you pregnant? And I'm just like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's full on. I think that there is this weird... I think social media is amazing, but there's this weird thing where people feel like um, they have the right to comment on on your life and your body yeah. and your and they choices. Think, they and think just, they know where you are mentally because of the photos that you're posting. Yeah, yeah. But also, like, for me, um, I, like, I'm in an age now where everybody is asking if I'm planning on having kids and I find it, like, so... I get not offended, but I'm like... Do you realise how inappropriate that question? Like, yeah. how do they know that? What if I couldn't have kids? Which yeah. is not the case for me. But what if that was the? That'd be heartbreaking for me every time someone wrote that. And I'm just yeah. like, you got to think about the energy that you're putting out there because nobody is walking in the same shoes. Like, no one knows what it's like to walk in that person's shoes. And we know that Instagram is a highlight reel. It is not. It doesn't show the shitty times and the stressful times. And like, I had my therapy session today. I didn't put it on social media. Not for any other reason than I've had a busy day. But, you know, like, just, I just think people need to be like, like, this is my social media rant. Like, just be respectful because you never know what someone's going through, you know? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, you don't always have to say what you're thinking. I I get a lot of comments <laughs> from people and they've just said the most abrupt, rudest things. And I'm like, you know, you didn't actually need to say that. So it comes down to social media, it comes down to real life, like people asking, you know, when you're going to have kids. Sometimes some questions just don't need to be asked. Nah, man. No, 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 no. You're yeah. good though. You call it You call it straight out on, like, I've seen you call out people and you're just like, uh, no, thank you, but no, yeah. I'm well, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. well, you've got to be. And it's just about being super raw and transparent, but also realising that, Social media, whether it is our job or not, like it's just a, like it's as part of our life. It's not our entire life kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. 100%. So another question I wanted to ask, we spoke a little bit about like carbs and sugar before you were saying how when you were vegan, you had such a high carb diet. Is carbs mm -hmm. and sugar, is that something people need to be afraid of? Ah, good question. Um, so when I, to be completely transparent and honest with you, when I was vegan, I was my heaviest. 
So I was eating too many carbohydrates and natural sugars because I wasn't getting enough protein and my body was kind of just like, give me the sweet stuff. So you and know how people probably, say that there's good sugar and bad sugar? Is that... Yeah. Okay? So that is like the difference between carbohydrate and complex carbohydrate. So like a complex carb, say sweet potato, carrot, pumpkin, quinoa, even to a certain extent, you know, brown rice. Um, a complex carb means that it's uh, like slower release energy, so it takes longer for the body to burn off. A simple carb like a Mars bar or um, even a medjool date, it's got a glycemic index of 100. Sugar, like white sugar, <laughs> is, how, is how the body is going to short. You're going to get like magnesium and fiber and selenium and some potassium from that day, definitely. But isn't definitely, it, all, is it all processed the same in the body? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where I was going. Yes. Mm. So, but as soon as your salivary amylase, literally, so that's the enzymes that break down carbohydrates, start to break down that date in your mouth and you swallow it, the body is like, oh, sugar. That's all. It looks at that and a Mars bar the exact same way or a jar of Nutella, whatever you want it, whatever your vice is. And so it is fascinating when it's very easy to be like, and another thing my trainer taught me, he was like, there's a real difference between being just like a healthy, happy-go-lucky person and someone that's got very specific like dieting and not necessarily weight loss, but like physical goals. It's like, you need to eat smarter. You need to eat those simpler carbohydrates right after you've trained. Like, it's like, you need to be savvy with it. And I was like, oh my God, like, of course. It's like, you just become a more of a detective. So back to the carbohydrate, there's nothing wrong with carbohydrates, simple or complex. We do need them in our diet. Like I love making green smoothies with frozen bananas and that they're carbohydrates. And we need them, but we just don't need them in excess. And when we need more of them, when we're exercising more or burning more energy, simple as that. Exactly. exactly. So like, for example, like I see a lot of people, they say that, you know, they go on like kind of like low carb meals or low carb diet. But for me, if I ever have like a low carb meal, it's kind of like, I will be so hungry afterwards. And then I'll just end up eating double the amount. And like, if your goal is to lose weight, and you find that you aren't eating enough carbs, but you're kind of overeating your dietary requirements, then you're not actually going to be able to achieve your goal. So it's really about knowing what is going to work for your body. So for me, I prioritize a high protein diet like yourself because it keeps me full for longer. My training is better. Um, my overall like mental clarity is better. And I don't, for, for me, sugar is just, it's not something that works for my body. I find I even get um, excruciating headaches i feel a bit all over the shop like my mental clarity goes down whether it is like even fruit like i can notice a difference from having um like an apple compared to like an actual like chicken do you know what i mean like yeah yeah for me i'm so much better off even just having like a protein bar over a piece of fruit i know that some people say oh you should choose the fruit it's less processed but for me i generally feel better having a bar or like a sandwich over um, a fruit or an acai bowl. And it's just really about knowing your body and what works for you. Totally. And I mean, you've hit the nail on the head and you've figured your body out. Like most people aren't at the stage that you are where you can feel the difference between eating an apple and, a, and chicken. And, mm -hmm. and, and 
you're totally in tune and you're completely right. Like I um, was taking a client last week and I get eczema when I let too many simple carbohydrates in. And she was talking to me about her diet and she was like, it's pretty good, but I have a few of these things. And I get eczema on my, one of my fingers and I just showed her my finger. I said, see that? And she goes, yeah. I go, that is my body after three days of using oat milk in my coffee and just having fruit after dinner. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. That's like the body reacts pretty quickly. The beautiful side of that, the beautiful thing about that is though, it only takes 48 hours of pulling simple sugars out of the diet for you to start feeling pretty amazing. Like it's very fast. The body is fast. How do people become more like in tuned and aware? Well, first of all, you pull it out. So any type of, if you wanted to pull out simple carbohydrates, so like in your case, you're, you can feel and understand when your body's reacting to like even fructose sugars and it's fascinating in your body. But for most people, most like just be like, all right, I'm pulling all refined sugar out of my diet. So, you know, that's candy bars, sauces, like tomato sauce that's out yeah. the window, yeah. um, condiments, anything that's like sweet drinks, all that kind of stuff. Gone, gone, gone. Do that for a week. You're going to feel great. The mental clarity, the way you described how your mentality, like your mental state is better come straight away the second you cut sugar out, yeah? Yeah. They're going to feel better within one week. And then you start to play with understanding, like the next thing I would do if you were my client, if someone was my client, is I'd pull their carbohydrate out at dinner time and only have it at lunch and breakfast. And they'd be like, oh, my God, I feel my stomach, I wake up, I'm not bloated. Um, you know, I feel lighter, I feel leaner. And I'm like, yeah, all we've done is swap the times of the days that you're eating carbohydrate. They start to become aware of, oh, yeah, if I eat pasta at night and I ha don't give myself time to digest it, I feel shit. And I'm like, ah, there you go. Better to have veggies and meat or mm. salad and meat. Mm. So it, you kind of teach. It's the, like I said, though, within a week of pulling the sugar alone out, you're going to feel great pump it up a notch like the following week pull like yeah the, the oats and the just pull the really like carbier things that we know aren't necessarily unhealthy pull them back or keep them to brekkie and lunch and you're going to notice how different you feel at the end of the day like i had that many girls that are like oh i wake up and my stomach's flat in the morning and by the afternoon i look five months pregnant and i'm like well there's probably something in your diet that you're reacting to and usually you're pulling some type of carbohydrate down or out that the body is reacting to. And the way you said that your gut was really upset when you were vegan, like things like quinoa are highly inflammatory on the gut. So, you know, to some people. So it's just really about playing detective and being, being really in tune with your body. It comes. Yeah. And like you said, realizing that you don't really have to cut everything out or you don't even have to cut like you don't have to cut carbs and stuff out. It's really about knowing when it's going to work for your body. Like for me, I definitely do um, like to consume majority of my carbohydrates around my training because I know that works for me. So that's earlier in the morning. Totally. And you're, like you said, you've got then fuel to work out. And then if you do it afterwards, the body is literally, because your muscles would be void of glycogen. So it's going to suck up any carbohydrate, convert it. And then you're going to be building muscle. So be building more lean muscle, which is what you want. Exactly, exactly. So basically how someone can like become more intuitive with their body and food is just through elimination. Is that what you said? Like pulling stuff out and experimenting and then putting stuff back in? Yeah, absolutely. And I think like 
remember like what works for you isn't going to work for me. So I know like um, when I go and I'm definitely not there at the moment, but when I do go quite strict paleo, it only takes about a week to feel amazing. And then I might be like, Oh, Ooh, I'll just let some quinoa in and I'm going to know about it. And so rather than beat yourself up when that happens to go back to the very start of this conversation, like at the very start of the podcast, you can like, what a gift. I'm getting more and more in tune with my body. I'm the detective. I'm in charge. I know what my body's reacting to now. So it does become trial and error. I don't want to lie to anyone. It definitely becomes yeah. trial and error. Yeah. And you might be like, wow, why do I get it? Like I get a funny um, like feeling in my mouth when I eat too many macadamia nuts. And my boyfriend's like, how long do you want to kid yourself that you're not allergic to macadamia nuts? Yeah, literally, literally. And just because it's like kind of like exposed as healthy doesn't mean it's not going to make you feel the best. Like you were saying before, quinoa is super inflammatory on the gut, and but it's also promoted as a superfood. So that's where people, they can kind of get like a little bit confused because for me, quinoa, I definitely prefer rice over quinoa. But if you look at social media, they constantly say quinoa is so much better than rice and, you know, Rice is, um, it's a bad carb, this, 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 processed differently. But for me, I one, it's tastier and two, I feel so much better with rice um, compared to quinoa. So that's where I find a lot of people do get confused. And that's understandable as well because, but also you need to remember like where is that messaging coming from? Does it come higher up the chain of marketing? Like mm-hmm. the whole reason why we've been taught breakfast is the most important meal of the day is because back in the like seventies, whenever like the big cereal push was, it literally came from grain and dairy farmers. Yeah, when when milk and and cereal was like most important meal of the day, start your engine, start your metabolism, and like this, in, you know, over the recent years has been disproven. Like it's like that was a merely a marketing scam. So when you say you know like oh you see how healthy quinoa is, but you know how much better you feel with rice. I mean. Brown rice and, and naturopaths will tell you is the most energetically grounding and nourishing food you can eat. Mm, mm. But are ain't going to do that too. Yeah, it's crazy. Like even like uh, a few years back, there was a huge, like I remember um, all over social media and everywhere really, I would see things about superfoods. So they would have the acai and the, um, the something, goji berries and, you know, chia seeds and just to add them into everything. But it's so funny because I went through that phase where I'd add so many seeds and grains and all these superfoods and I'd buy all these expensive supplements and products. But now I feel the best I've ever felt and I don't actually have one um, quote-unquote superfood in my diet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, if someone said to me, what's a good superfood, I'd say like broccoli and eggs. Yeah, mine would be like chicken or eggs or rice <laughs> yeah i remember i did a um book tour once with uh, we were all with the same publishers and it was like all these health like big health authors it was like sarah wilson jess seppel david gillespie um the chick that wrote the fructose book so david gillespie did that sweet poison book about fructose and anyway we we had to a, a person in the audience said guys you're all practitioners you know you're all health professionals in your opinion, what is the best superfood we can consume? And it went down the line, like magnesium, like all the nutritionists and dietitians, like magnesium, yeah, anything rich in magnesium, like dark leafy greens. 
because it is a muscle relaxant. It's great for stress and it's kind of like the traffic controller of the entire body. And it was about to come to me and I was about to say magnesium too. I was like, yeah, leafy greens and broccoli, like yeah, yeah. so good. And then, you know, I had it all planned and it got to David Gillespie and everyone up until me was, yeah, magnesium, goji berries, um, any type of kind of like amino acid complex. And they were talking more supplements, a good fish oil. Yeah. And it gets to David Gillespie and he gets the mic and he goes, guys, just eat an egg. Yeah, literally. Eat real food. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. And that's what his book's called as well. He's like, to give him a plug, he's a fucking legend. Um, he it. literally goes, the only thing that an egg is missing that you need is vitamin C. And if you have your egg with broccoli, you're getting vitamin C. So just have an egg with broccoli. Yeah. That was the yeah. end of the conversation. Yeah. Very, very interesting and so smart and so um, powerful. Like I think we think we need to spend, you know, a hundred bucks at the health food store, but health food store isn't always the healthiest place to get ingredients. I haven't shopped you know? at the health food store in so long. Like I'll get my um, coconut amino sauce every now and again, but literally like I'll just go to the farmer's market or Woolies. A hundred percent. I go to, do you know what I go to the health food store for? If I want to buy a treat, like a yeah. healthy chocolate or something, yeah. I'll be like, yeah. ooh, get, I'll get a vegan chocolate or something delicious. But I'm, I'm actually going there for a naughty treat. Like I'm not going there for something healthy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's, again, like you said, it could just be also like a marketing strategy, a way to sell because I know them packets of goji berries and chia seeds are fucking expensive as like you know them you go to um scoop i think it's called and you it's yeah. really cool they have so many yeah. raw treats and stuff like that but holy crap their organic soaked preservative free almonds are it costs an arm and a leg yeah 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 the amount of times i've walked into those shops and they are great because i love those those bulk places the ones that are um temperature controlled i'm pretty sure scoop is and um Sources, they're both temperature controlled because you've got to be careful with buying nuts and mold. Like that's a big health concern. Like Dave Asprey, who's the king of the bulletproof diet, he writes about that. And he's like, that is so bad for like candida, gut health, all that kind of stuff. But those really like high-end ones that are temperature controlled are actually very, very healthy because mold can't live there basically. But yeah, it's like take a loan out before you go in. It's expensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take a small, <laughs> small loan, just quiet. Yep. Yeah, big um, time. So my last question of the day is, you know, my famous quote, um, find your balance. Could you please tell the Seacasters here what your balance looks like? Oh, you're going to laugh. For me to have balance in my life, I love to take myself in Melbourne. We've got these really old school, like retro 1960s theatres and I'll take myself to the theatre and just go with my boyfriend, see a movie. And to me, that's my balance. And, I'm, and I know there'd be so many, like, movement and health people listening to this going, oh, you're sitting in a chair. Like, how is that healthy? Why aren't you saying yoga class or oh, nature yeah. walk? Yeah. You know, like, and, and are that's you sort of... you in your mental clarity and your well-being. Well, and I find it so inspiring. I love watching creative people and artists. And so going to the movies is the quickest way to access art. To me, you're accessing art and that's nourishing like your creative side and your creative side is like for a lot of people um, so important. Like I know when I'm, when I took a break from writing books, I, I went through a little bit of like a mini crisis and I was like, where's my purpose? And 
I figured out, like I started drawing because I was like, oh God, I need to do something with this creative energy. And then that's what I do at night school. I now go to acting school and I study acting at nighttime. I have been for the last two years. That's so good. So you've kind of found out in order to like excel in most areas of your life, you need to stimulate that creative side of yourself. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Something for me is I'm super random in order to feel motivated and cre- <laughs> like creative. I literally go to homeware stores and I don't buy anything. I just walk around freedom furniture or Ikea and I just look at things like, is that, is that odd? Is that weird? No, it's probably a similar thing. You're super passionate about like home and interior stuff as well. You love all that. Jet. Yeah. Like you're, you've Dang. got a little eye for that. I love it. And I, and I, and I think that that's also your creativity. Like it all, it all manifests in different ways. And I think that like you've got that cup is all, like it's almost as important as the mental health cup. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I do. I love that. Um, anyway, Del, thank you so much for coming on board to Yo Balance Co. Oh, thank you. After this, um, DM me your Addy and I'll post a book and some cough wands to you. <laughs> oh, God, love you. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't going to let you forget that. That wasn't just going to be a, something that you just <laughs> threw across on the podcast. I was going to literally just wait and then finish this and message you like straight away. Hey, babe, so uh, about that book, here's my address. Here's my PM. It's on its way. I'll post it tomorrow. Don't <laughs> worry. Oh, you are amazing. Thank you so much for coming on board and thank you guys for tuning in on this episode. I hope you guys did enjoy. I will see you all on the next episode. Bye.